Thank you for listening to this podcast. The Ville Church provides all of its resources for free. If you have been blessed by this ministry, please consider giving financially. For more information on how to give and other resources, please visit www.theville.church. This morning, I uh, have a sermon to preach to you. And um, this for me is, I can't tell you when the last time I grabbed a hold of a sermon and it's confounded me to this level. Um, and so, you know, like well, sometimes when you're a believer, you hit these moments where like you, um, you feel like you feel like you almost got like resaved or whatever, like these benchmarks or whatever, where like God gives you some revelation. You're like, oh, my God, it's just like like you're different afterwards from that point. Right. And it, that doesn't happen all the time or whatever and stuff. But there's just some particular thing, something you see in life that rocks you in such a way where you're like, I don't think I'm going to ever move different after this. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I think if um, I think if we let the spirit of God, like if you really open your heart to really hear this message this morning, um, I think it's going to do a tremendous work inside of your soul. Um, And so I'm not going to try to preach it cute. So I don't care if I stutter through it or whatever and whatnot. What's up, Trevor? I seen your mom yesterday, by the way. You know what I mean? Sorry. Didn't mean to tell you that. But anyway, I'm not going to try to uh, preach it cute or whatever and stuff. And, um, and I just want to work through it. And I'm going to have some Q&A in it. So I need you to listen really, really well. But one thing I want you to do, will you pull open in your Bible or whatever, or e- even in your Bible app and go to, we are in 1 John 2, and it's going to be verse 15 through 17. That is our text for the day. So let me read this text for you real fast starts off with a command right and so it so so it says do not love the world or anything in the world if anyone loves the world love for the father is not in them for everything in the world the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life comes not from the father but from the world and the world and its desires pass away but whoever does the will of God lives forever so we look at this text right and, um, you know, we serve a really, really good God, right? And, uh, and he, he's very much a father or whatever that he gives us commands. And he gives us commands the same way we give our own children commands. There's certain things we grab them and say, do not touch this. And because we know what it's going to cost him, so we're adamant about it. So he, if you can imagine, he's pounding the table on this one. Do not love the world or, or anything in the world. And he says, if anyone loves the world love for the father is not in them and so there's actually a kind of love that god actually hates right it's a love that's actually directed at the world right and so i think it's important for us just looking at this text to define like what is love for the world what does that actually mean right um and it's essentially blindness to the word of god and to the work of god through christ and his children his real children not the fake church but you get where I'm coming from. That's what it is. Essentially blindness. That's what love for the world is. It's blind to what God is actually doing. It's advocating, perpetuating for anything that is opposed to the word and the will of God. It's indifference to the will of God. That's being in love with the world, right? It's to make peace with it. Um, it's like in doing this is like forging a security that will 
what, like it's going to it's going to destroy us spiritually it's going to destroy us physically and it's going to eternally destroy us at some point that's what god is saying loving the world actually is right he's saying i am when he when he's when he's making this command he's saying i am the only hope i am the only hope any other route a route that looks godly-ish but isn't me there's no th these two things are mutually exclusive you get where i'm coming from and just to give you a little context on what we've been doing as we've been going through first john um in first john one one of the scriptures that we read was um where he tells us if you say you have no sin then you're a liar and then he says but if you walk in the light and you confess your sin the blood of jesus will wipe all of your sins away right I think when we talk about the world or whatever, it's always this kind of vague thing. And this text, what it does, where we're going to be going with it, it begins to get into something very exact for us. And for me, it just like, I ain't, I'm not even, I haven't scratched the surface doing the work with it. But it's like, it made me take stock of some things and some things I need to undo, right? I'm just being it real, like it just, it, 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 it hit me or whatever and stuff. What y'all doing to my man? Did somebody just body slam him? He just fell out of nowhere. Like, where is he at? Oh, okay, all right. I just, I'm sorry, y'all. All right. And um, so, so if you love God, you love what God wills, right? You love what he wants. Sympathy talk for us to say that we love God, but don't love what God is actually doing, right? We look around today, and this is part of the stock that we've taken, right? You look around like at many American churches today, and you'll see a heavy lean into the American dream, right? I think we know that. Like it, holiness, righteousness, whatever we call that or whatever in Jesus, it's, it, it gets bodied into this American dream, right? And we preach Jesus because we're very, very serious about theology. And correctness, right? But we are often housing overt racist, strife, hatefulness, a lack of love, definitely self-righteousness. That's not what's preached. Our heroes that we usually put up, they're doing the American dream really, really well, right? And they just put the little Christian little gloss on it, whatever and stuff, you know what I'm saying? And um I think this text hits that in the head. It's a problem. The love of the world is also forsaking a particular person. It's forsaking Jesus Christ. Because God's answer to what is wrong with the world is his love is that he sends his son Jesus to die on the cross. Y'all with me so far? Everybody awake? All right. So it's, direct, it's that love of the world is forsaking a particular person so we can put a face on it, right? God seeks the redemption of the world through his son Jesus. And we undermine this love. And we undermine it when we go after the world. We say it's not really that important, right? Like that's, that's cute, right? We wear a t-shirt about it, all that different stuff. We can monetize it. We can, we can capitalize off of it, make money or whatever. We can actually use it to get control of people. But it's still the world, right? 
So let's look at what is love for the Father. We're still in this first text, whatever. Do not love the world or anything in the world, right? And if anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. So what is loving the Father? It's seeing and believing what God sees and says. So Jesus is the magnifying glass we look through, right? He allows us to see beyond the surface and he allows us to see truth about the world, about ourselves. And we agree with it. And we love the Father for his response to it. Right? His response, grace, mercy, salvation through Jesus, justice, and eternal reward beyond our comprehension. The word says for tears, he's going to wipe them all away. The world makes tears. It makes pain. It makes grief. It... It, it makes us mentally ill. It rocks our world so heavily that it undoes us, right? For the constant torture of sinful flesh and infirmities in our body, it says he will heal us all. He'll give us a new body. For our sins were made clean. For our lowliness, the children of God will be royally, royally crowned with eternal life in his kingdom. James 1.12 says this, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for he, when he has stood the test, he will, receive, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Remember, we're talking about love for the world versus love for the Father. This is the promise for those with love for the Father, right? An eternal crown. As for our groaning world, it would be folded up like a blanket and a new world will emerge as a playground for all redeemed saints. James 2, 5 says this, Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he has promised to those who love him? Right? We still together here? To love the Father is to believe, to hope, to worship, and wait in expectation for all of this. 2 Timothy 4 says it like this, 4.8. It says, Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. It's people people his children we wait in expectation right not in the world right not of the world but in the world we wait you get where i'm coming from the same way or whatever a ship floats on top of the water but there's a problem if the ship is full of water you get where i'm coming from so verse 16 of our text today says for everything in the world and this is this is where he throws the magnifying glass out, where we can, where this can, where this gets, goes from being vague. And this is where I need y'all to participate, right? It says, for everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. So all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh is emotional desires. The lust of the eyes is earthly longings. The boastful pride of life is external cravings for praise. 
And all, is, all of these are part of the world system, fallen system, right? It's not from God. The lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes, it, re it refers to desires for what we don't have. And the pride of life refers to the pride in what we do have. Everybody with me so far? Are y'all awake? Throw your hands in the air like you just don't care. Just hit me with one. Hit me with that right there. Okay, boom. All right. Just need to, I need to feel y'all sometime, whatever, all right? So let's talk. When we talk about, just think about the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. I just said a lust for earthly belongings, right? This is, going to lend, this is the lens you're going to answer these questions through. For the lust for earthly belongings, the boastful pride of life, like boasting in what we have. What systems can you think of right now? You could just shout them out that are affected by these particular things. Are corrupted, per whatever. Just rattle anything off. Capitalism. Boom. Go for it. Anybody else? Love of comfort. Anything else? Huh? Families destroyed. Yeah. Anything else? What is it? Court system. Justice system. Perverted by, and put it in perspective, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life. It's just giving this thing that works into all of these things. When we are like grieving these things and we're like, what is wrong? It's giving us a magnifying glass. Anything else? What is it? Materialism, most definitely. Politics all day long. Blood setting politics. All right. Any, any, there you go. What's that? Foster care. Education system, housing market, redlining, pharmaceutical industry, health industry, right? Every industry that moves around us is perpetuated by many of these things. Even if they started off pure in thought, they're all going the same way. And we're all watching them and grieving them right we may feel good because we land on a certain side of things and we're like man these people are crazy out here now we all crazy out here right let's flip it a little bit let's talk about our personal stuff what does it personally land on us how does it personally affect us lust of the flesh lust of the eyes the pride of life you might deal with anxiety lately What's making us so weary? Why is it so hard to find rest? What is it in the world? Is it, are we stressing because there's something so godly we want? Or is it something that the world is dangling in front of us? What makes us not be able to be happy with ourselves, right? Many of you, I know, watched the movie Social Dilemma, quoted the statistic. It said, young girls, I forgot the age limit, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I think like 13 to 17 or 18. 
Since being introduced to social media, the suicide rate is up 150%. It's the devil's handiwork. It's discontentment, right? This is what God, when he's talking about the world and what the world is, these, this is what he's talking about. You don't have to get super deep or whatever about what weighs us down. But I can sit and work through this thing all day long or whatever. Pers just personally for myself. And, and attach it to these things. The things that don't let my mind rest, right? Scrolling through social media for hours. What the heck am I looking for on here? It's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. If I'm down and I'm depressed because I'm being tormented by somebody I secretly in competition with and all that they got and they seem to have it all together or whatever. It tortures and it breaks us. That's what this is saying to us, right? Stress. Keeping up with the Joneses. Imagine just being in the world and not of it. Imagine the power, y'all. You know, most of y'all seen the Matrix. I don't know if you remember the part when, like, when like they they shoot all the bullets at Neo, or whatever, and stuff, and then like he just stops it, and then it just drops to the ground, right? Imagine stepping from the love of the world into the love of God. How many bullets that come at us would just drop to the ground? Imagine if. You're just waiting and your joy is looking forward to what God is going to do one day. Like you actually believe that. So everything that is going on all over the place around you doesn't torture you and eat you alive in your mind. You don't spend time wondering if you're cute enough, too skinny, too chubby, whatever the case may be. Don't have enough money. Imagine all the bullets will just fall to the ground. Like, I'm getting another body. I'm going somewhere where pain will never. All the tears are going to be wiped away. Like, I believe that. Imagine if you really believed it. All the bullets drop. Y'all with me? Dude, the Neo thing. You just dodging the joint. Whatever. You remember the scene when he did the thing and the bullets was police flying past you? We're in the world, so they're going to keep coming. There's going to be grief. There's going to be suffering. But what if you had this exclamation point where joy just comes? Peace that surpasses understanding is there. Because you're like, I already know where this world is going. But I know what God is doing too. You understand? Let's look at, let's look at this stuff and let's look at the earth. How the earth suffers. Look at all of the pollution in our ocean and our rivers. At the World Summit, when they just discussed, um, when they just discussed um, the condition our earth is in and the immediate emergency that we have to respond to concerning the future of earth. Does it, did anybody know about that meeting? What's the, what's the action step here? What, what do we do? 
we, we don't know. And who's seen Look Up? Who's seen the movie Look Up? Oh my God, y'all gotta watch this movie. It's Leonardo DiCaprio and like a ton of great actors. Tell her, Mark, she saw it. See, I knew I felt sin to see though. I'm just playing with you. Uh, I'll just play, I'll just play. Um, but the movie is profound or whatever and stuff because there is like, they have a meteor coming or whatever and stuff and like they're just like the earth is going to end and nobody can take it seriously and i swear to you it is us to a t like straight up and down or whatever it just it just is us to a t or whatever but like our earth our earth is grieving is groaning right now or whatever and it's from our sin every month i live on the water i see a whole dumpster of trash just going down the river constantly just like Tons of just trash, routinely. Somebody's trying to avoid spending some money somewhere, right? Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the convenience or whatever and stuff. Forget the river. All of this stuff figures into our hatred. This is the world, right? It's the world. Let me ask this right here. So... This is, our, this is our church vision. It's to see the gospel of Jesus Christ and his church treasured in our neighborhood. So, Brentwood's our neighborhood. Mission, build bridges to see strangers become friends who become family. How do you think the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life impact that mission? Like, how does it get in the way of it? Good. Anybody else? Disrupts comfort. Most definitely. Erodes hope. Priorities, most definitely. So many other beautiful things that our flesh loves that captivate us and take all of our attention, right? Makes it hard to just be present in a place, be present in a mission, be present in a calling that God has given us. Makes it super hard. In what ways do you think? So we're in three two two zero six or whatever. There's there's a there's a gentleman or whatever. Mark, you might know his name from Brentwood. You look up the history of Brentwood. There was a guy, a black gentleman, who was a millionaire here that was uh, the golf tournament is what I'm going towards, um, that he was, go he was trying to participate in a golf tournament at a golf club. And, um, and they told him he couldn't because he was black. So he's a millionaire, daddy war bucks. So he puts the, put them bucks to war and he's going to sue the facility. Mark, make sure I'm telling this story properly. And instead of allowing him to play a game of golf, they decided to sell the whole entire club, country club, for one dollar. That and that's not the only time that that's happened. Brentwood was intentionally walled off, even economically, to block it off. That's why you have some streets that just run the dead end stuff, or whatever. The way the highway was actually ran, right? You look at the infrastructure, you look at the economical challenges in the community. There literally was somebody 
with hatred in their heart, with lust, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life, running their decisions, right? That made them deal with this neighborhood with hatred. To not look for its future, right? To not look at esteeming it or building it up, transforming it for its growth, not setting it on a, trans a trajectory to thrive, but literally to annihilate it and leave people to deal with what they deal with. You build a school here or whatever, we don't care. It's nonchalantness. I don't have a high esteem for you. Could have maybe did a little bit more tests because over in our community, we will 100% make sure our kids are not on lead that's 200 times higher than the limit. We can just look at what just happened in Flint, Michigan. We have generations of people that are gonna deal with deformities and all kinds of things in their life because of what we just saw and, and nobody went to jail. Not one single person is going to jail. When he talks about the world, God is saying, like where we can kind of pacify ourselves and kind of do whatever we want to do to get our, you know, get our mind off of it. God is looking like, I hate this. I hate it because I know what it actually, I know what it does. I know the weight in blood. I know the weight in death. I know the weight in eternal destruction. You get where I'm coming from? So he's like, he hates it. There's no wiggle room to be halfway you know where I'm coming from? I want, us to, I want us to walk through that. And I want you all to contribute because I want you to grab it and feel it. I want you to be able to see it in a practical way, system-wise, um, you know, climate-wise, um, and, and, and personally. Because... God doesn't want us overran with the worries of the world because he has something better for us, right? Verse 17 says, the world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. So I just ask you the question, are you interested in buying stock in a company that you know is going to be bankrupt? If you do, I got a whole lot to sell you. Anybody whatever going wouldn't do it right this question hits us dead in the heart because if we believe God then we believe that the world is actually going bankrupt for sure it feels good to like you know romanticize it and 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 tell us something's better or whatever but like I think many of us kind of know we step back and we kind of look what's happening and I don't say this to give us some kind of doom and gloom because it's it's not it's not gloom for 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 the children of God. It's not at all. And and not only that, we also have a message of hope for people who are in the middle of this grievous world. Right? It's like when we read the scripture and it says that the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. There's a there's a bountiful harvest. But the workers are so few because the Many of the people that would be called to the work are pursuing whatever the lust of the flesh are, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Or maybe we're just sitting, we're stuck because 
we're so weighted down by all of these things that it's hard to focus on God at all. It's hard to show up and give our time to that because it's just not at the top of the list. Maybe we once were on fire. Maybe we once really loved God like that. But like over time, the world and all the noise and everything else has really just kind of quenched that thing inside of us, right? But this text right here says, all the desires, they're going to pass away. It's literally nothingness. The things that torture our mind all the time, that try to beset us and move us away from God, the world and its desires are actually going to pass away. They're going to turn to nothingness. In that movie, Look Up, the most profound part of that movie for me is at the end, when everything goes to pieces, it explodes. And then floating through space, it's just all of these things. See Louis Vuitton bag fly by, cell phones. And, it, and, and I'm just watching the movie and I'm just like, my God. Like it just was all of this stuff, pieces of cars, whatever you thought was amazing. The biggest building in the world, it's just gonna flow into nothingness, like particles of dust. But it weighs us down so much like it's everything. You feel what I'm saying? It weighs us down like it's everything. And it's not. And it's not. This text, I've been like, God, forgive me. There's so much of this crap that is floating through space like dust that I've allowed to act. I'm sitting around stressing and flipping out like it's, a, like it's something. And it's nothing. It's nothing. I promise you, you're going to, you won't be a fool at the end of this thing. If you put everything to God, you will not be a fool. God wants us to renew our desires and assimilate our action to his glory, right? And all that we do. He wants us to eat to the glory of God, speak to the glory of God, get married to the glory of God, date to the glory of God, be in our singleness to the glory of God, lament to the glory of God, attend family gatherings to the glory of God, go out to festivals and football games to the glory of God, protest to the glory of God, parent to the glory of God, long for something we don't have, for his glory. You get where I'm coming from? Like he, he's in everything. It doesn't mean we have to take our desire. Doesn't We have to vet our desires. What are they? I just been working through it. I'm like, I was looking at a crib the other day on Zillow and I had to quote, I was like, yo, bro, why are you looking at the crib? And I just worked through it because I was messing with the text and I was like, because it's about to be popping over there. Like, I just want, I want, I want a piece of it. And I just was like, oh my God, it's just the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes. There's other times I'm looking because I'm like, I need more space for my family or whatever. Or I need to figure out how to monetize this to be able to provide for them better. That's a different kind of search. You get where I'm coming from? Like, one of these is doing its own thing. It's different. But it's, man, it's a magnifying glass on your heart. Jay, what, what, what are you going there for? A sneakers apply. I just want to stand around and let all these people just see what... What's going on? It's brand new Jordans. They got to feel this. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, it's pride, bro. It's probably supposed to be somewhere else. 
could be at the jail visiting somebody. But I'm out trying to flex on somebody. It's foolishness. Foolishness that will pass away, float away like dust. God says that's love in the world. You get where I'm coming from? Like I just been praying this prayer. I'm like, God, help me to actually sit down and not dream about better, more for me, but to sit down and dream about more for somebody else. To dream about actually doing your will. Like, let that actually nourish my soul and mind. Let me find comfort in that. Not scrolling and looking at 50 million things that tempt me in my life, but like, yo, God, like something that like brings glory to you. Like, I want to dream like that. And this isn't about posturing. Like, this isn't something we go pretend and start acting like. We had enough of church being whack and fake. And all of us probably done been through these different things. Like, we ain't got time for all that. God is easy. We we, we rend ourselves weak and ask God to do a work in our heart in a real way. You understand where I'm coming from? Like, God, change our heart. Give us a new heart. Where it's stony, God, do a, do a new thing in our heart. I'm not, I'm not about to go... You get what I'm saying? I'm not about to go try to just manifest this in my own flesh because it won't be real. It'll end up being the same thing again, right? It's just a new idol. But God giving us a, a, a we, we got to look into this word and believe and then ask God for help. That is the way that we say that we believe. And, and, and John, he, he precedes this with the text that we need for this moment. Because if you look deeply into what I'm saying, it is going to cut you left, right, sideways, everywhere you can think of. But he has already told us the blood of Jesus. He says, walk in the light, and the blood of Jesus will cover all your sins. If you look at this and you're like, no, it don't got me or whatever, like at all, I'm good to go, whatever. He's like, yo, if you say you don't sin, you're a liar. His problem is in that you stumble. We stumble. Stumble towards his eternal glory. Ain't nobody moonwalking up into heaven. There ain't no Michael Jackson around here. We stumble to it. You get where I'm coming from? But the light is there. Every time we stumble, we can walk in the light. And we jump three steps forward. Because God is nourishing, growing, and sanctifying us through walking in the light, telling the truth. So that's what you do with this text if it lands on your chest. what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And this last part of here says, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. The will of the Father is believing him. Believing him produces good works. I'm sorry, it's a big order. Believing produces good works and good words, which is God's word, right? Words and work that liberate captives that expose systems of evil, right? Just think about it real quick. We just did the Q&A and I asked you about the systems and y'all listed all of these systems, right? Go out in front of most evangelical Christians today and start calling out those systems and see how quick they stone you. So where they at? They in the world or they, they in the love of the Father? Somebody's faking around here, ain't it? Somebody ain't keeping it real out here. This is the way we decide. Where you going to be at with it? Where you going to be at? Maybe they won't call nothing out that they see as sin or whatever. Maybe they have to protect all these systems of the world 
because the love of the Father is just simply not in it. Right? God is, by His sovereignty, has put the Ville Church inside of Brentwood. Brentwood does not need people who are protecting corrupted systems. It just doesn't. We're better off with three people who actually want to live out the love of God for real, who are lost in that and killing the world around them. It does not need people who just don't have the time for it, really, right? John Piper said this. Uh, it gets on my nerves sometimes, but he, he just sometimes says some good stuff. So it is what it is. But he says, he says, you can see what John is trying to do for us in verse 17 of our text. He is trying to show us that loving the Father and freeing ourselves from the love of the world is not optional. It is not icing on the cake of saving faith. It is a matter of eternal life and eternal death. It is number one on life's agenda. Nothing in the world is more important than experience the love for God in your heart. This love is the first and greatest commandment. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. What I hope I did for you this morning is that this text is helping you to actually really make a very clear understanding. It's giving you a clear understanding of what loving the world is versus what loving the God is. What loving God is, not the God. He is the God. But you get where I'm coming from? This, this text, if you need to, you go back and you... You use it as a lens, right? Use it as a lens to expose some things personally for yourself, to look at other systems. We won't have to be looking at people parading around as Christians, doing bull crap in front of us and acting like we're confused about what it is. Either it's to the glory of God or it isn't, right? But we need to turn that lens on ourselves also. So I hope I'm helping you give some clarity to real, actual, practical things that may be consuming you, that may be torching your mind, that may be stealing your peace from you. That won't let you rest, rest for real and find peace. So I hope that for us today. Um, so I just want to pray for us real quick. We are going to do, um, we're going to do communion and we're going to have um, James and Angela come back up. Thank y'all so much, y'all. Really grateful for y'all doing worship for us. Um, and uh, But I'm going to be standing here. Tony is, is, is here too or whatever and stuff. Um, my wife, Alana, is over here. And, uh, and, and uh, she can pray for you as well. Um, but anybody or whatever, like, just if you need to pray about what we're talking about, just grab somebody and be like, pray for me. Like, if you, when we do communion today, you can let that be, if you need to, let communion be you saying, Lord, I'm guilty of this. Like, um, I'm going to actually take communion as a way to make a statement about 
how I've been moving or whatever. Like your body was broken for my sins, right? Your blood was spilled on our behalf. And he says, do this in remembrance to me. But one of the things he's telling us to remember is everything we just walked, talked about, right? That we've actually been saved. We've been saved and we've been empowered. And God was moving us from a kingdom of death and darkness to a kingdom of life. And maybe over time, we've just kind of drifted a little bit. That could be the case for you. The case for you might be like you just got kind of socialized into like church culture and you never really know the, knew the Lord. And if that's the case, and you feel like you've been posturing yourself in church or whatever, I don't care. I care about this moment. Nobody's condemning you about that at all. It's not even a conversation. What's a conversation is what you do right now, right? And communion is a way for you to make a declaration. Lord, I want to follow you. I want to I, I want to walk into your kingdom, not the kingdom of darkness. Or maybe you've just been doing this thing so long and it just gets repetitive and you just feel like, Lord, I love you, but it's just gotten a little, you know, it's just not the same. I hope this right now helps you deal with that deal with that in communion this morning and if you need somebody to pray with you or whatever then you can grab me you can grab tony you can grab miss connie lana's here also whatever you can grab anybody person next to you in prayer all right we all know each other out here so um so let's do that okay and uh i appreciate y'all listening to me today and um let me sit down i had my coffee while i was doing it. i feel like dave Chappelle up here a little bit right i'm just playing um all right Love y'all, thank you.